It's a tale of two Jeeps, the brand new Jeep Renegade and something, well, a wee bit older. Next on Talking Cars. Hi there, it's time for Talking Cars with Consumer Reports. I'm Tom Mutchler. I'm Jake Fisher. And I'm George Kennedy. Let's get right to it. On this side of the studio, resplendent in red, is our brand new Jeep Renegade. And on the other side of the studio, what, what is that? That is my personal vehicle, a uh, 99 Jeep Cherokee, which uh, has some modifications. <laughs> it, it looks like the Tetanus edition. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, that's its own security system. <laughs> It's, uh, well, plus the fact we had to push it in here. Ah, oh, wow. Can we cut I that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, still, we're still doing some work on it. So it's just a work yeah, in progress. Work I've had progress. it since That's college. Fair. That's fair. Um, it's, it got my brother and I through college, uh, and we've done a lot of projects on it. You know, done a four-inch lift. Uh, was it 33-inch tires? Um, and the bumper that we built ourselves uh, from scratch out of a piece of quarter-inch uh, steel. Nice home improvement projects. Good. Improvement now, is a relative term, but yeah. Now the Renegade, I mean, that really lends itself to a four-inch lift and 33-inch tires. And now I gotta level with you. Um, I don't know if I'm really ready to do this because I haven't actually driven the vehicle. I've mean, driven the Renegade, but I actually haven't driven your car, oh, which um, okay. looks like a lot of fun, actually. It, it is. Well, you were in it. We've actually taken it on the the rock wall, so. As, as, as a passenger, you as might passenger. have some insights as to, as to how it drives. Yes, the infotainment system wasn't, wasn't real good. It's, it's lacking, yeah, the, 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 the 90s aftermarket radio is that's, you know, not up to your spec? No, no, no. Okay. But, but yeah, we have the, the tale of two Jeeps here. This is um, really, uh, I, I love the juxtaposition. I think we need more <laughs> old cars in the studio here like this. But um, yeah, this is, um, I don't know how many people are going to be lifting these things up. Um, I don't think you can, actually. I know, at least from the Cherokee. Well, you could, you could lift it. I think both of us could actually lift you, it. Oh, yeah, like a Mentos <laughs> commercial? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the Cherokee, I remember that, that Jeep said that basically you can't really get in there and mod it the way that you want it to, because the, the Trailhawk, the only one that can actually do the Rubicon Trail kind of stuff, is specced just so that, that it can get through there. And, and if you went and you know, did your own work on it, I'm sure you'd... A, avoid a warranty, but B, I don't, you know, I don't no, know what's... No, your car you could, like, actually fix with a rock, I believe, right? Yeah, I, I prefer to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, the, the off-road, a lot of the off-road capability on the Trailhawk versions of the Cherokee and the Renegade are, is achieved through electronics, basically, yes. which you have no... There's a radio, he said. It was There's a radio, market, right? yeah, so lots of vacuum tubes. Headlights. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a series of tubes. You're, you're, not set, you're not turning any little cute little knobs in yours to sand or snow or mall. Nope, it's, the, it, it, it's it, a lever on the floor. Manly lever on the floor. Yep. But does, this doesn't make the Renegade bad or ill-suited for its intended use. Well, that's the question. It. What is the intended use? So as a Jeep owner, I'll throw it to you, George. I'll what be, do you think about the Renegade? I'll be gentle. And I'll, I'll <laughs> you have to be gentle with it. It's kind of <laughs> cute. Don't hurt his feelings. It's looking right at you. Well, yeah, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> look at it with those big puppy dog it's, eyes. It's, it's, no, you see its furrowed brow. It's judging me. I think it's intimidated by yours, actually. It's uh, about to run off. Yeah, I would check underneath for an oil spill or something. <laughs> we know there's one here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, um, it's a vehicle that meets its purpose. I mean, it's, it's a crossover that has been built up and gussied up to look like something that is 
more macho and brawny, like putting a plaid shirt on me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> There's nothing macho about that. It, well, no, it, but it's meant to give off that, that aesthetic. You know, walking around it, you don't really pay attention to how low to the ground it is and how small the wheels are and the lack of ground clearance. Because so you're, you're looking at the big squared off angles and the fact that it's got a really cool looking front grille that really does sort of conjure up, you know, Jeep iconography. So, okay, remember we used to talk about the term used to be cute ute. Mm -hmm. When yeah. all these little crossovers yeah. came out, and then the, all the crossovers kind of grew up, and now they the smallest SUVs, yeah. they're, they're family cars now, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, a Forester and a CRV are family cars, they're not cute utes. This is a cute ute. Mm -hmm. This thing Absolutely. is ridiculous cute. I've been driving yeah. around this weekend, but and like, everyone is like coming up to, wow, did you guys? Jeep like wants it? you Whatever. to think it's like the Butte ute, though. Like it's this like rugged, like Western thing at the same time, you know? But it's. Look, there are a lot of, there's a lot of women who drive Jeep Wranglers. There's a lot of people who drive Jeep Wranglers that are not taking them off-road. They're driving around because they, they're cute. You could take the top off. Can't quite do that on that. But I mean... Saw's all you could. <laughs> Actually, they have a, they have they, a cool, they, a they, have a move, they have a cool roof thing. Roof pack. But, um, yeah. you know, for people who want to be in a Jeep because that's the way it looks, they're not going to be using it for that utility. This has got all that cuteness and is a daily driver too. So, I mean, I think there is totally a market for us. And honestly, I think they, they hit this one out of the park. But you know, one. the thing is, you know me, I mean, robot Tom is robot. You know, <laughs> I, I am, I'm not in this market, you know, but still compared to a Chevy Trax, or we've been driving the, uh, a new Honda HRV recently, and it's just so boring. It's so, it makes me sad. It just, I feel depressed driving the HRV. It's like so clinical. It's so, Sanitary. This thing, this has character. I'm gonna cry. This is so, okay, so that brings up a, a sort of the. <laughs> this is kind of cool to be driving. You that know? that kind of brings up the conflict that I, you know, the internal strife that I mm. have over non Wrangler and non Grand Cherokee Jeeps that Jeep has been doing for like the last, 20, you know, 15 years with vehicles like the Patriot and the Compass. You know, mm -hmm. they, I feel like they've done a better job with this, mm -hmm. definitely. But, you know, on the one hand, it's like, okay, great. They've taken all of the, you know, the cachet that comes and the respect that comes from the Wrangler and the Grand Cherokee, and they ring that and they bleed that into other vehicles that mm -hmm. don't have that off-road prowess and they, they get people to buy. It's the halo car effect. Totally. Yeah. On the other hand, sure. if you, you, know, you juxtapose that to the other vehicles that are in this market, and all of a sudden, by doing that, you actually have a car that's in this market that actually has some character. It, totally, totally. It has character, and since, since you're not being the clinical, Tom, you, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to take over your position here. Oh, I look forward to seeing this very <laughs> And here's much. the thing. I'm going to say it now. This isn't a very good car. Okay? If you want to go and compare, I mean, this, this, we pay, what, 27 grand for this? $27,000. And you can pay 27 grand for a Forester. And the Forester is roomier and probably is more fuel efficient, and, and it's going to be ride nicer, and it's going to have better steering, and it's going to... All the well, good no, things. No, it's I mean, probably going to be more reliable. I'll, I'll throw that down with no data. I mean, just based on what yeah, we know there's, from there's a from what Chrysler is doing these days and, yeah. and some of the components. Yeah. So, as in terms of better vehicle, there's going to be a lot better vehicles. But if you're looking for something cute and and you know if you're looking for something that's going to go and bring a smile to your face and people are going to be waving and they're going to give you a thumbs up, I don't know. I don't know if the Wrangler guys are going to give you a thumbs up or oh, no. You're I not going to get point and laugh. No. You're not going to get They'll point and laugh. But no, to, to to hang on that point a little bit more. The same about 27.5 that we paid for that car, which I mean the fanciest thing that has is a heated steering wheel. 27.5 bought our latest Honda CRV uh, with a sunroof, with Lane Watch, with Heated I'll, with, I'll, with I'll, all this stuff that. Oh, a one got better. What about our um, the Kia Soul? 
which oh. had like everything. And this is well, an incredibly yeah, similar rear heated seat. It's not all wheel drive, but it's not all wheel drive. Also, but again, it was five grand less. Right. I mean, it's got so many features. Less. If you want a vehicle that's boxy or whatever but, like that. But you see, here's here's the thing. Here's <clears> why I think these cars are ingenious for the car companies, and I'm not convinced where they are for consumers. I think they're ingenious for car companies because you're taking what is going to be a pretty inexpensive platform and you are getting so much money out of it. I mean, look at the HRV. You have something that's based on the fit, which is basically, you know, what, a $17,000 car. And I like the fit. You know, I said in an earlier podcast, I think it's a very earnest car. It is what it is, you know, and there's limitations, but it is what it is. Once you start turning it into an SUV and jacking it up and adding all-wheel drive and adding a few nice-looking things inside, the price goes up and it becomes so profitable. Yeah, and a car well, company. And, and I'll say, I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples sure. from the Buick Encore to the to the Mercedes-Benz CLA, but this one I like a lot GLA, better. Yeah. Well, there's GLA, but but CLA. Oh, CLA as well. Okay, so You're you right. take the CLA, which yeah, is a Yeah, because the CLA because it's based on a boxy little, very practical. But car. they've turned it into something that looks like a Mercedes, and this is where they've taken an Italian car, right? This thing's been built in Italy. <laughs> Um, was, and that, they, was that built in Italy? Either? No, no. That's never it's, been. It doesn't know. Out of what the state, it doesn't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it can't make it that far. So I mean, so this thing, I mean, they have gone and they've done that. But you know what? This drives a whole lot more like another Jeep or something like a CLA drives like a Mercedes. I mean, the mm. CLA. There's I, more brand. I'm so frustrated with that car just because it doesn't drive like it looks. This actually drives pretty good. From what you're thinking, I mean, if you if you drove a Liberty or if you drove a oh, or any of these cars, no, this thing not just a Liberty. this is so much better. Well, yeah. just the thing on the profits is, all right. As a Jeep owner, I can almost like make peace with a car like this, sort of based on the the Porsche model of they, you know, Porsche purists for a long time when the when the Cayenne came out were were you know pulling sure. their hair out over this Panamera. SUV, yeah, yeah. And the Panamera too. But guess what? Those vehicles make a ton of profit, and those profits they reinvest in the development of the next 911. And if that can keep development costs for the next Wrangler and keep mm -hmm. that next Wrangler pure vehicle down, then I can totally justify that. I'm, I'm not convinced by that justification because the Wrangler, the difference is they don't sell that many Boxsters and 911s and Caymans. They sell a lot of Wranglers. They, they should, should be able, be, to, they should be able own, to make a profit yeah, on the Wrangler. Yeah, that that assembly line. Yeah. Now that to be said, the the update, you know, the, the new Wrangler will probably be extensively aluminum and I mean it will there will be a lot more money in that car. Mm -hmm. Well and just to think about the justification I mean do you need justification to a vehicle that people want people are going to enjoy um, you what know do you, what do you mean by this just, thing. justification business justification or purchase justification? No we were Mental, talking about like, like as stick as with the program here yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was saying you justify because I mean what you're saying is you know as a Jeep purist this yeah. thing is oh, a, a weenie yeah, right? yeah me basically saying get off my lawn with this thing you know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna at least that will drive off your lawn <laughs> oh, that's wow. just gonna be like <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm already regretting yeah. bringing this thing down here okay I'm sorry. <laughs> you're just sore from pushing it so but I mean that's the thing so so so, I mean, I, 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 think, I think it's really apt to have that, that comparison with Porsche, right? I mean, when the first Porsche SUV and the Porsche sedan came out, we were all like, oh, the sky's falling. No one's going to like Porsches anymore. They sold their soul. And lo and behold, they're still making lots of, you know, speedsters and all these different variants of 911 and Boxster and more. Um, you know, so is that necessarily a bad thing? I mean, in terms of sky falling, you know, I, I, the compass 
The, I mean, oh, that was yeah, the Skyfall. And when yeah. they took a caliber, which was yeah. this terrible, terrible little dodge, and put a grill on it that was not even a grill, it was like plastic molded, that was awful. This is kind of like, that's, this is a breath of fresh air in this market. So the, yeah, all those, you know, all those previous Jeep crossovers, you know, they just threw seven slot grill on and called it a day. Right. At least there's an acknowledgement of heritage in this vehicle. If you look around, there are Easter eggs oh, good everywhere. Great. Hundreds of Easter eggs. Right. It's, all right, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, little, it's a little every, much, every, it's a little much. Every speaker grill, every tail light, every, oh, every there's one on the rear view mirror, on, on the, on the re rear view mirror's on the side, up yep. top. There's like at least, what, 16 on each seat. Every place where you had like a two by two inch section like, of plastic, <laughs> they, they stamped I'm a Jeep, in. remember, That's I'm a Jeep. Right. I'm not built in it, okay. I'm but it, but at, least they, I'm at least there's an acknowledgement of heritage there as opposed to <laughs> those other cars. It's like, you know what? Take this caliber, just make it this, make some money and let's get out of here. <laughs> the yeah. headlights, the taillights have Jeep <laughs> I can't get over how many Jeeps are. The, 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 yeah. the windows, there's Jeeps driving up yeah. the side of the window glass. Well, I mean, Chrysler awesome. does that. Our Challenger actually has a Challenger silhouette. And I think it's kind of cool that's, and it doesn't cost you anything. And but it's, like if, point, it's like if Pin My Ride was still around, this would be like, yo dog, we heard you like Jeeps. So we're going to put a Jeep inside your <laughs> <the> Jeep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one, there is one, you know, among all these weird little aesthetic choices, there is one thing that is very strange to me. It's totally weird, Quam, and that is the tachometer. There is no red line to the red line. There's a it's splotch of paint. Of mud. Is it paint or I think it's lava? It's, it's, it's or mud, I thought it was lava. I think. My or kids flames. think it's mud. Yeah, it's my probably kids, mud. My kids like it. But it's I, orange mud, so it's probably lava. I was, was going to go with flame is when the 9-speed and the 2.5. So where's the red line? Is it like up. the first blob of mud, or is it where it's all it's, solid mud? It's there somewhere. It's all good. And the thing is, you, you, you will never know whether or not you're going to hit the red line or not, because the thing, the engine is just one of those Chrysler's that's really loud. Oh yeah, it's I mean, very getting back to the, it's not a great car. That that that, that two point four liter is just, I mean, it's cobby in the dark. It's cobby here. Uh, you know, it, it, there's this magic fingers idle vibration when you're stopped. Uh, yes, you can actually the transmission, the nine speed is better than it has been in other cars. But you can actually get ninth gear. I've I've seen ninth well, gear. Well, it's this. pretty light actually. Yeah. It, it, the Which transmission doesn't work too badly. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, this is, this this is prancing onto really dangerous territory about like what we recommend and, and what you know people should buy. I mean, it's true. It's not that great of a car if you close your eyes to what it is. But I suspect people are going to buy something. But we understand why people. I think the important thing is that we. It's not a great car, but we under or we haven't tested it fully yet. We have a couple hundred miles mm -hmm. on it. We know what we think of it. But we understand why people would buy it. No matter how it scores, we understand sure. why people would buy it. Yeah, because people are going in and buying a vehicle that is useful but Jeep has baked in enough of this aesthetically to make them think they're buying so this pretty. when they're buying that, you know? <laughs> I don't like this one particular. Fair. No, but my kids go down the street and every Jeep, they're like, look, there's a yeah, Jeep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jeep. People yeah, sure. recognize that. Sure. There's their, of it's, course. it's iconic. Jeep is a great brand. Um, it's a great brand, and actually, it's uh, getting into the mailbag. Uh, it's time for... Um, People who are mad at what we've done. <laughs> that's okay. what we call this now. Line up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we call it. It's just the easiest thing to call it. Uh, a couple shows ago, you talked about a friend who was shopping for a small SUV, mm -hmm. and they were thinking of a Cherokee, and you said, no, the reliability is bad. Yet in the same show, we talked about the Volkswagen Golf and how I personally would buy a Golf, although the reliability is probably a question mark. A couple people have uh, at least feigned moral outrage over this. I'm so ready. Here, here's what we've got. Jacob said, but you said moments ago that you could not recommend the Jeep because of reliability, and then you say the Golf is just so good you overlook the reliability of it. 
come on guys, I don't think we care anyway, but we all want consistency. Another one, I see an extreme level of hypocrisy when it comes to the golf. You guys even mentioned it yourselves during the show that you don't recommend the Cherokee simply because of the reliability. You guys repeatedly mentioned that the only reason you don't recommend these cars like the Escape and the Fiesta is because of reliability. And then to make a complete exception, you recommend the Golf despite the reliability. So this is exactly what we're talking about about this. This is a perfect segue. Look what you did there. But I mean, this, I is, this is the difference between big R, capital R recommendation. Consumer Reports official recommendation. Lowercase recommendation. Jake Tom George recommendation. Because <laughs> exactly. we are very lowercase. So I mean, for us to recommend a vehicle to the masses out there, I mean, we're going to look at reliability. That's important. We know that's important to a lot of people. Um, the majority of people, that's one of the primary reasons why people are buying new cars. But in terms of if you have special needs, if you're really into a certain type of vehicle, if you really value a sporty driving experience or, or, or what this buys you, um, yeah, you might be very happy with that purchase. The other thing I feel bad about is that we've never really spelled out the entire, all the pieces of information behind some of the things we've said. The Golf, the Golf is a brand new design. We do not know its reliability. Volkswagens, in recent years, the Golf has been average or above average. The Jetta, which the car is loosely based on, that's been average. Uh, well, the GTI was actually below yeah, average. Yeah, the GTI is below last, average. Um, but but the, the lesser sporting versions have, have been all right. A lot of this has been in the context of the Mazda 3 versus the Golf. And yes, the Mazda 3 is going to be more reliable sure. than the Golf. But the Golf isn't horrible. We know from data the Cherokee is horrible. Right. The and Cherokee is way, as, as way the, As the one who bottom. created this and, and put on blast for this, I, I think it requires explaining that fine. You know, the comparative, you know, you know the, the amount of reliability that's, that's off-center for the Golf is marginal compared to, and we, we don't know yet, but based on previous data, we can say that it's not this deep, deep well that it has to dig, a, dig, a hole, dig itself well, out of. Whereas the Cherokee, we know is, and we know it's worth. I, I, I would take it one step further, though. Mm. I mean, it's not about how, how unreliable is it. It's about what's important to you. And for some people, I would recommend you get a GTI. If reliability is number one on your list or, or right up the top, I, would, I wouldn't recommend you get that vehicle. Yeah, and sure. I think that's what it is. We recommend different vehicles for different people. And, and quite honestly, for us, I mean, this is the worst question you ask. If you want to know what you should buy, don't say, what would you buy? Yeah, that's Because not, what yeah, I would buy is... is you should I, get I a Hemi just, Durango. Yeah. Everyone out there <laughs> should buy a you Hemi Durango. You would be Durango. happy with Because this. look what I drive. Like, yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Before we started this, I was showing you guys that, that iMark diesel oh, from 1984 I, that was slammed to the ground. A Suzu iMark diesel, $2,500 on Craigslist. Take your recommendation. Go buy it, everyone. Speaking of the Golf, and speaking of people who should buy it, we got a chance to drive a Golf R. Who should buy a Golf R? Um, somebody who basically, you know, somebody who wants a performance car that, you know, isn't exactly, you know, sticks out, you know, doesn't do the whole look at me, look at me thing. Um, like the Impreza STI with yep. gold wheels and a big Right, right. Spoiler. You know, there are all of these high performance cars out there or, you know, the hot hatch cars. They have all these like tack on visual parts that are just really loud and very juvenile. And if you've got, if you're paying 40 grand for a car, you're at least at a position in life where you're probably beyond that, you know? So the Golf R is very subtle looking. It actually looks more subtle than a GTI. Hmm. And it blends into a crowd, but the thing hauls. And it's this car that basically won't scare away your in-laws, which could be a good or bad thing. <laughs> and, huh. and you won't get an instant ticket and sort of blends into the crowd, but you can still have a ton of fun in. Your thoughts? We don't have enough time. No. <laughs> Look, I mean, when you're getting $40,000 for golf, I mean, for me, either get yourself a GTI and have that money in the pocket so you could go and chip it or put different wheels on yourself or bag it if you're into that, 
or you go and, and buy yourself a three series, because that's really what you want. But I think the Golf is, you know. Or, or, or two series. Or well, yeah, something the, like yeah, that. yeah, you, I, you I, had I, mentioned I before M235i, and you know, the, the Golf <clears> Artist seems like a more useful car. Now, oh, what if is. you got to, you know, what if you, you know, you need space for the kids and whatnot, and you, still, you know, fine, you have your other carts, a minivan or a crossover, or whatever. But this is the car that you can take your family in and still go for a nice Sunday drive. You can do that. In a I three can do that with a three series. That's the problem. And you know, look, I'll defend the Golf R because I, I've had two friends who've owned Golf Rs. They're all very similar demographics. Within a couple years of being forty, they're professionals, you know, Volkswagen enthusiasts who can afford the Golf, kind of like or can afford $40,000, or, or to be honest, they all leased it. Um, you know, they like the secret handshake. But there's a reason the Golf R only sells, you know, three, 4,000, because there's not that many people of that demographic, you know? Right, and the interesting choice is that whereas the previous generation Golf, there was a limited run and that was it, they're gonna offer the Golf R every year of this generation, you know, maybe in limited numbers of each year, but it's an interesting choice because I think that that has a play into either you know, as, they, as the generation moves on, they might make some minor changes, inf uh, infotainment changes, stuff like that. But stuff that, that will they'll make little differentiations from year to year as people go look back at these as maybe future classics. I have a hard time with being a future classic. I think it's a really nice car. I like the seats, <laughs> it sounds great, it handles great. Uh, any, well, any car that's fast and loud and comes in limited numbers will be a future classic to, to some degree. I mean, there are people, you know, spending good money on original M3s and original GTIs and stuff like that. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I, think, I think the threshold drops off somewhere, especially when you get to four-door hatchbacks. I mean, unless there's people out there growing up who crave that car. Well, I mean, I, I think George is totally right when it comes to R's. I just don't see it as an R. To me, an R is that, you know, yellow 1999 Integra that was, you know, mm. more modified, better than the modifiers, and it was only like $23,000 or $24,000. To me, that's R. That's the, the club sport racer. Yeah. This thing is basically like a, a Golf trying to be a, a BMW. This is Golf Platinum Limited Edition. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, you, but you, still have, <clears throat> you just still don't get a stuff like Sunroof or 40 grand. You, know? you get almost everything else. Right. The right. Sun, it, it, it's more plush than it, it is and, hardcore. And the thing is too, I mean, it, it becomes a matter of taste. I mean, for, for a few grand more, you're, you're within striking distance of the Audi S3. So if you're looking for a premium car, it, it, you oh, know, yeah. it, they both make the same amount of power. It's, you know, they're both all-wheel drive. So you know, if, if that's your thing, then go for the, the, the luxury badge too. And now you've got the, you know, that set up. I'd well. rather have the, the, I'm more comfortable in the Golf. I'd rather have its hatchback body style, but again, it's, it's very, it's a very niche car. I mean, really, you're really narrowing the funnel down very oh, yeah. tight. So that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of Talking Cars. As always, we thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks.